Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this episode of the Work Life Brilliance Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Green, and I'm so glad to have you here for this episode that is all about listening. Why talk about listening? Well, listening is a luxury. You really don't have to have a happy life if um, you're not a great listener, but if you truly want a brilliant life, if you want to be a brilliant parent, friend, leader, somebody who people come to for genuine inspiration, someone who people come to and know that when they leave the interaction, they're going to feel better, somebody that people trust and admire, then you need to learn to be a good listener. And listening is hard. I think probably 99.9% of people on the planet struggle with it and could benefit from improving it, and I am one of those people. I'm trained to listen as a coach, and I still have trouble sometimes listening. So I'm going to share with you some insights that I use with myself, with my clients, because I know firsthand how much more useful I am in conversations as a coach when I listen deeply. Now, why is listening so hard? And, you know, if you're one of those people that it's not hard for, then you probably don't need to listen to this podcast. But for most of us, it is very hard for several reasons. One, we are all operating at such a fast pace. And listening requires us to snap out of that and move into a different flow, go against our habitual self and slow down. And that's hard. The other thing is, most of us do want to be helpful. It's just we don't really understand that listening is actually more helpful than talking. Now, sometimes it is useful to give advice, but most of us dish out advice way too early in the conversation, and we'll talk about the consequences of that. The other reason it's hard to listen is that biologically, there is really not a big evolutionary benefit to listening. So our selfish brains, if you'll recall, are mostly concerned about avoiding pain and keeping us alive. So when we do listen, we listen from a selfish standpoint. They're talking, but we're thinking about, how does this apply to me? Am I in trouble? What can I do to improve my standing with this person. So we didn't actually have to learn to be good listeners, but those people that did learn to be good listeners and be other-focused when they listen instead of selfishly focused gained really important information that helped them bond with people, helped them influence people, which we talked about in in the last podcast. So if you want to be an effective relationship builder, and an effective influencer, this is one of your superpowers. So let's talk about the different ways we can listen. 
I like to think of it as having at least three levels. And I use a metaphor of water and being out on a lake because most of us can relate to that experience. So imagine you are in a boat on a lake and you're looking down at the surface of the water. And mm, let's just say this isn't the most cleanest, clearest rock bottom water. Let's say it's kind of a murky, sandy bottom lake. How much do you see when you're looking at the surface of the water? You might see a little fish that comes up to the surface, uh, but really you're just gonna see murky water. That doesn't mean there's not a lot down there. So I call the first level of listening surface listening. It is the most distracted level of listening. And unfortunately, most of us get listened to and listen to others at this level all day. We are hearing, but we are missing a lot of what's going on. We might be able to repeat the content, but we don't really give you the feeling that we were listening. Like, oh, no, 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 I know what you said. You said blah, 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 blah. Still doesn't feel like you were there with me. This person, when they're surface listening, will not ask a lot of questions. They will be distracted looking at a TV or a computer screen or a phone or a clock or a watch. Now, the nice thing for us about this kind of listening and why we do it all the time is that it takes no energy. We don't have to extend any effort, and our brain really likes that. But what happens to the messenger when we listen like this? What are they thinking? Well, one, they might be thinking we're really rude. At best, they're thinking, you know what? This isn't a good time to be talking to this person. I'm bothering them. You know what? I'm not going to share the news that I needed to share about the budget right now. I don't have a good audience for it. They also will either trust you less or just not increase their trust in you. And they will likely feel undervalued. None of this is good for a relationship. And if you're a leader and you listen to people like this, they are not going to bring you important news. Because why bother? You're not listening anyway. Now, most of us don't do this intentionally. I was sitting with my daughter for dinner the other night, and we were in this very packed, popular family restaurant. And they have big screen TVs everywhere. And um, one of them was playing something rather interesting visually. I think it, my daughter said it was American Ninja. Well, my back was to it. And my daughter's usually a really good listener. And she kept looking at the TV, and it was such a draw. She couldn't even help it. And I kept saying to her, hello, hello, hello. And finally, I told her, I'm going to switch seats with you if you can't start listening. But you know what? I would have been pulled too. It was so tempting. So if you want to listen, you have got to shut down the distractions. Close your laptop. Turn your phone over. Turn your phone off or sit on it. Just remove the distractions because it is too tempting. All right, the next level of listening, most of us are lucky enough to get this kind of listening occasionally, and I call it snorkel. So many of you have gone snorkeling. So imagine you're out of the boat, you strap on the snorkel mask, 
Now what do you see? Well, you're going to see a lot more than you saw when you were on the surface, right? But this kind of listening is still distracted. And it's still more focused on you than them. Or in this case, the fish. You're thinking about, how do I take the picture? Um, How do I make sure I don't get water in my mask? So in the real world, what this looks like is we might ask questions, but we ask leading questions. Questions that get us to the end of the conversation faster. So leading and closed-ended questions like, did you think about doing this? Did you try blank? Instead of, what have you tried so far? It's not a very curious listening. In this listening, we have the bad kind of interrupting, the interrupting where we finish somebody's sentences, where we're trying to move really fast, where we interrupt them to give them advice before we actually know what's going on. And we speak at least 50% of the time. So the conversation is really not about them. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Sometimes this is all you have time for if you're in a one-on-one meeting at work. But you're still not going to get to the deep truth of a topic. People will feel like they're being quizzed a little bit and that they need to have the right answer. So their brains are not thinking creatively. They're thinking more about how they can please you and give you what you want so they can get out of there. So this kind of listening is good if you don't need to surface creative solutions to problems. It also creates a dependency on the leader or the parent to solve the problems for you. The third kind of listening I call scuba, and this will differentiate you from the pack. You will stand out as a human being that people seek out. Scuba listening, as you can imagine, has very few distractions. When you go under with a scuba unit, assuming that this isn't your first time and you're not freaked out about being underwater and breathing through uh, a device, can be actually very peaceful. You lose yourself and your worry about breathing and your body and splashing, and you're completely consumed with awe and curiosity about what is around you. So in conversation, this is a very undistracted, non-judgmental, curious listening, where you truly want to understand what's going on for a person. With this kind of listening, you hear what's not being said. You hear nuance. You hear emotions. You learn what matters most to this person. You'll notice body language cues. You're going to make appropriate eye contact, not being distracted. Your own body language will look receptive. And when you ask questions, they will be backed by genuine curiosity. Like, what did you try? How did it work out? How can you tell it didn't work out well? You will ask follow-up questions, which... We almost never get in conversations. We're lucky if somebody asks us one open-ended question, let alone a second question like, what else happened? What else did you try? In this kind of listening, we are not rushing to give a solution. And it helps in this kind of listening if you have already 
reset your brain and your beliefs to understand that this kind of listening is actually the most helpful. Because a person's brain works very differently, very creatively, very strategically, connecting dots when we ask open-ended questions and then pause. I will never forget one of the many famous quotes from Susan Scott's Fierce Conversations is the advice to let silence do the heavy lifting. Most of our conversations do not have a lot of silence. I use silence a lot in conversation and when I'm doing big group conversations. Because what I have learned is that in that silence, it's not actually silent. People are having conversations in their head. They are processing what I just said. And I need to give them the gift of time to process it. You have to be confident and realize that this conversation is not about you. You are an instrument of curiosity who is helping this person solve their own problems. Because guess what? They know better how to solve their problems because they know the problem better. They have this rich history in their brain that you cannot access that will help them solve this problem. So when we listen like this, not obvious solutions are identified. People get unstuck from whatever corner they backed themselves into mentally and emotionally. They will become more motivated to act because the solution came from within and they'll feel more confident about the solution. They will also feel more indebted and loyal and appreciative to you. I have one person in my life who listens like this on a regular basis to me, and that is my mother. And it still fascinates me, and I compliment her all the time on her amazing listening skills. Um, my mom makes friends everywhere because of the excuse me, because of the way she listens. And it is so inspiring, and I try to role model it with my daughter, but I still find it hard. Even just today, I had a conversation with my daughter where she was recounting a story about school. And the story triggered me because a friend of hers was very unkind. And in our family, kindness is number one priority. And so the good news was my daughter was very kind in the situation, but the bad news was um, she was hurt. And Mama Bear wanted to fix it for her. But I even had this intention, I'm going to listen. I'm just going to listen. So I did ask a follow-up question. I asked her, um, what do you think was going on with her? And when my daughter said, I don't know, instead of asking a follow-up question, I jumped in with what I believed was going on with her. Now, in my next conversation with my daughter, I plan on asking her, how useful was that? Did she feel like um, I was empathetic and helpful? Or did she feel like I was trying to solve the problem and she just wanted me to listen? So I will never know unless I ask her. But I know that I could have done better. Many of my clients have a lot of their work conversations on the phone. And they will tell me how difficult that is and how much they multitask. Now, I know from experience that listening on the phone is actually possible. And sometimes it's actually easier because you don't have all the visual cues to process. You just have sound. And part of the reason why I have this belief is that my first coach, Judith, amazing woman, 
She was my first coach in every single call we had, every single conversation we had was on the phone. And she was like in the room with me, in my heart, in my brain with me. She was so present. So that was my model for coaching. And I carry that with me into all the conversations I have, whether it's a meeting or a client conversation. It is as though I am there with you in the room. And I hope you're feeling that with me right now. And I have a feeling you're practicing that kind of listening right now. So ways you can listen better on the phone. What one is just to set an intention before you get on the phone about how you want to be. I want to be focused. I want to be supportive. I want to be curious. And then shut down any distractions. It's also helpful if you don't mute yourself. This one can be tricky. You know, if you've got a big uh, fire truck going by or your dog is barking, which happens all too often, uh, then you can mute yourself. But you can come right back and say, sorry, I just had to mute myself because there was a loud noise or I was coughing. People can tell when you're on mute and they assume you are multitasking, which you usually are. Instead of just interrupting, you can check with the speaker to make sure they're done before you speak. And you can use silence. This is tricky when you have a big group, but trust me, I coach six people all the time, and we have little moments of silence. And most of the time, it's because um, we're not sure who's going to speak up next. But I just wait, and somebody will always speak up. And if not, I can call on somebody. But silence is your friend. When you listen, listen for what's not being said. Listen to their tone. Listen for possible emotions and then check it out. Like, I'm noticing that you sound a little frustrated. I was on a call yesterday um, with two clients and one of my fellow coaches, her client and my client, and we're trying to help them trust each other better. We're trying to help them resolve a conflict and my colleague noticed at one point that her client didn't seem quite resolved with something. I missed it. She called it out, and it was so helpful because we had missed something. He wasn't quite ready to move on from the last point, and because she did that, we could hear his point of view, and we could help him, and we could move forward, and it turned out to be a fabulous, fabulous call. And the last tip I'll give you is something I've already mentioned that I do, and that is just imagine people are in the room with you. You will smile, you will make hand gestures, and all of these things come through. They affect your voice. And a lot of times people think, well, it's just rude if I interrupt or if somebody interrupts me. Maybe, but not necessarily. There is a way to interrupt that is kind and curious. Like, wait a minute, you just said something really fascinating. Can you say more about that? Hey, I would love to be interrupted like that. Yes, I can say more about that. Versus uh, interrupting to finish somebody's sentence or to give somebody advice or to share something about yourself, right? That's the bad kind of interrupting that will just shut the conversation down. So by now, you've probably been convinced that this is something worth working on. But it's not so easy. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to work on listening today. 
because your brain is going to go back into its old patterns. So I'm going to give you some tips about how you can actually put this into practice. First of all, start small, start with easy conversations, and then reflect when you're done. So before you get into the conversation, you need to shift your mindset that listening is actually more helpful than speaking and giving advice. And then set an intention for how you want to be in this conversation. For example, you might say, I am going to listen to learn. As Stephen Covey said, most people do not listen with the intention to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. When we find somebody who listens to understand us, we so treasure that conversation. You can also set an intention to speak less than 25% of the conversation, which reminds me of the wise Diogenes and with his wit and wisdom said, we have two ears and one tongue that we would listen more and talk less. And you can set an intention to listen at scuba level and make it all about them, not you. The other thing about the scuba metaphor is you can't stay underwater forever. You will run out of oxygen. I don't know a person who can listen like this at this level all day long. It takes energy. And at some point, you just need to have a conversation where you can just not have to think so hard about listening. So then make a plan. Make a plan to shut down your technology or avoid it. Make a plan to give no advice at all, but to ask open-ended questions. And maybe you'll even give yourself a rule of, I'm going to ask at least three open-ended questions in this conversation. Or I'm going to ask a follow-up question after every open-ended question. Now that would really be impressive. And don't assume that that will be easy in the conversation. Literally write out the questions you want to ask. And don't worry about even looking at your notes during the conversation. You can tell people, you know what, I'm working on listening. And I have a few questions that I'm going to be looking at just to remind me to not give you advice too quickly. People... Love that. Whenever I give this exercise of listening and asking open-ended questions, there's already always somebody in the room that wants to get tricky and fancy and won't just read the questions I've put a lot of thought into. They will come up with their own. And guess what? It never works. They end up asking leading questions. And it is, just try this yourself. You might feel weird and awkward reading from uh, my list of questions, or your list of questions, but it will be so helpful to the other person. Because when you ask an open-ended question like, what have you tried? How did it work out? How can you tell it worked out that way? What else have you tried? Now, you don't want to interrogate a person, but even just two questions in a row will help them surface so much more. Because our brains and our thoughts just get twisted and confused and we feel like we're stuck. But when we have somebody listening to us like this, it's like we're unraveling the knot. And solutions that were not once visible, because they were so deep in our minds, come to the surface. So try it out. When you do interrupt, make sure it is with a loving intention. 
And sometimes you have to let somebody know that you can't be there all day. So you might have to literally interrupt and say, I'm sorry, I only have five more minutes for this conversation and I really want to help. What would be most helpful for the next five minutes? Or you tell somebody ahead of time, hey, um, I have 15 minutes for this conversation. Is this a good time for you or should we allow more time for this conversation in the future? As a facilitator and a coach, I have to do this all the time. And many managers have to do this all the time. You literally do have to be somewhere at some point in time, whether it's dropping your kid off at school. So how do we have this conversation in the car that is useful? And do we need to pick it up in the conversation on the way home? Then after the conversation, evaluate how well did you stick to the plan? And evaluate with the other person. How helpful was I in that conversation? On a scale of 1 to 10, how well did I listen? What could I have done better? And in sometimes, some cases, you can add levity to the conversation. So with the um, two people that I told you about earlier, where we were trying to help them improve their relationship, um, one of their big complaints was they feel like they're not listening to each other. And the boss in particular really wants to work on listening better. And I suggested that they introduce some levity into the conversation and have a code word or a hand signal or something to signal, hey, you're not listening right now. And not make it so heavy, but just honor the fact that it is hard. The intention to listen is there. And they loved this idea because there's already so much stress. Let's bring some levity and humor into the conversation. And it'll also uh, feel more supportive and when you, when you introduce levity, you feel more permission and you feel less awkward about telling the person they're not listening well in the moment. So I've given you a lot to digest and I will just leave you with this. Try this in the next conversation you have. Whomever it's with, try asking an open-ended question. And if you do, share about yourself, try to do it in a way that builds relationship, that helps the person see that you understand, that you have similarities with them. But for the most part, keep the attention on them. Ask an open-ended question that begins with what, where, when, or how. Try not to use why, because even though it's an open-ended question starter, it closes down the brain and feels like we're in a pop quiz or interrogation. Remove do and did from your question openers. And then ask a follow-up question. Acknowledge emotion in the other person. Even if, it, even if it's just to say, wow, that sounds like it was tough. And then notice what happens in the conversation. Notice how it feels different from your day-to-day -day conversations. I hope you enjoy this experiment, and I hope you learn from it, and I hope you become a better listener starting today. Thank you for listening. It's been my pleasure. And I can't wait for, uh, for you to join me on the next podcast. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. 
and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.